listening to Rule the Galaxy, you are. Do or do not subscribe. Well, do. Hey, Star Wars fans, welcome to another edition of Rule the Galaxy. If you're fiddling with your computer, you're, you're messing with your radio right now, because you go, man, that Joe Molinero sounds like a 28-year-old dude from Indiana. I'm not Joe Molinero. My name's Nick Shesky. I'm a regular co-host on the show, filling in tonight for our fearless leader, Mr. Joseph Molinero, who's on business tonight. So uh, we are. We got a great show tonight. We got some great stuff that we're going to go around, but we have uh, some of our regular co-hosts back, some surprise co-hosts coming back in. Um, so we will start, go around the horn. D-Doc's going to be jumping in here in just a little bit. Uh, but let's start in my upper left and we'll save, uh, the return, uh, coming, but Brent, how are you, my friend? Hi, I'm doing good. Uh, it's always good to escape. As I say, it's always good to escape into a a galaxy far, far away and talk the wars. Um, there's a lot of news and stuff going on. Um, we got some toys maybe to talk about. Um, and there's always the uh, eventual speculation of what could come in the future. So, yeah, anything that is wars related, I love to talk about. Painted up a little Rex. I went a little crazy with him, put a little blonde hair on this Rex uh, from my Star Wars Legion. So I did a little uh, – I don't have it in front of me to show you guys, unfortunately. I'll take a picture at some, th- at some point. But, blonde yeah, hair that's on the me. Rex. So he looks like a young Joseph Molinero is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, like I have you – and this is really weird to me. Like how – why does Rex have blonde hair? Has anybody ever figured that out? Because it only happened in like the early Clone Wars, if, I've, if I'm mis- not mistaken. But there are images of Rex, and there's actually figures of Rex with like a really tight, buzz cut blonde hair. He's going through an identity crisis. We'll just, I we'll, guess. We'll call it that. Directly below me, if you're watching on YouTube, I made reference to it before, but the prodigal son has returned. Our very own Joey Molinero. Uh, is back on with us tonight. Joey, you couldn't be more happy to have you on the podcast with us. My friend, how are you doing? Guys, likewise, man. Uh, echo everything Brent said. Always good to talk the wars. Uh, Brent, I think, yeah, with Captain Rex, I think it was just like, hey, we all were like 19, 20, 21, maybe younger, maybe older. And like Nick said, identity <laughs> crisis, maybe trying to get a little personality, maybe trying to find himself amongst all the other clones who look and sound exactly like him. He was just trying to stand out a little bit. And uh, Captain Rex did that. And then some, we love Captain Rex. So glad to be here as uh, the the token Joe Molinero on Rule the Galaxy here tonight, <laughs> fellas. <laughs> I like to believe that there are like multiple Star Wars universes out there that have content that nobody's asking for. And one of them is now Commander Cody hazing Rex into shaving his head because it looks dumb because he came back with blonde hair and now he goes, that's dumb. You should shave your head. And like, you got to believe that there's some fun cutting it up back in the clone dormitories, right? I love this. Like a, like a star Wars animal house. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. There's some sort of, you know, they're punking each other. Let's go out, kill some battle droids and they come back, have some antics. So so which one is the Belushi character? Mm. I mean, that would have to be uh, you. It would have to be Wrecker because, and then I'm going (laughs) into the future with bad batch, but I feel like the Belushi, if you're going animal house and uh, you got to have Wrecker is your Belushi type character. I, 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 I know you're going, but then I think about how like, 
looked down upon the Bad Batch were and how they were kind of like, you know, the band geeks who were trying to show up to the Greek life frat house party at Animal House, you know what I mean? Because they all kind of made fun of the Bad Batch for being weird and different. What's the, gosh, the, the guy who's close with Captain Rex, who is a little bit out there, who in Rebels... I can't remember which one. Oh, um, uh, Gregor? The, I Gregor. Think Gregor's the one that was a crazy one. You're talking about yeah, a crazy he's a little one, right? His eyes are a lot that Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a little pollution. That, that, there you go. Oh, that, awesome. I didn't even – I forgot about that character. <laughs> Joey, before we, before we get all the way into, uh, you know, some topics on the show tonight, I'm curious, being away from the show for a while, coming back on it, I'm curious for me from a Star Wars perspective, man, what's been piquing your interest these days? Uh, what's got you excited about Star Wars? And uh, yeah, I don't know if that question makes sense, but but what's the stuff right now that's keeping you engaged with Star Wars? Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense, man. I mean, it's, you know, our friends at Rebel Force Radio, they, he, Jimmy Mack always says, you know, hashtag just enjoy Star Wars. And that's something that I've really, throughout the Book of Boba Fett, uh, throughout Bad Batch, you know, whenever I even have a gripe or, or, or something, I'm kind of like, eh, what was that about? I, I always try to fall back onto that and just think about, I mean, even Nick for you and I and our, you know, Brent, you, you experienced plenty of these times, but like Nick, even in our uh, lifetime, you know, from the time we were born to that brief period of the prequels, you know, we're living in prequels greatness. Right. But then once the prequels ended from 2005 till, uh, I mean, you had the animated everything, right? But there, we had these dark periods of no Star Wars um, or, or not a lot of Star Wars. So I always just kind of try to go back to that, man. I'm just like, I'm watching Boba Fett team up with Mandalorian and, and all of a sudden there's this little baby Yoda species here. Like, I just try to pinch myself and remind myself of that, even with gripes or complaints or the internet that's always griping or complaining. So, um yeah, I mean, that's just kind of been my, my mentality is just, hey, the fact that we get to sit here and have a weekly show for 52, is it 52 weeks of the year, right? I always get 52 or 56. 52. No, it's definitely 52, 52 weeks in the year. Yep. Okay. I don't know. It's just uh, – <laughs> Depends what year, though. I, mean, I don't know where that's, that's coming that's from. It's like the Joe DiMaggio um, hit streak coming out of me or something like that. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, 52 weeks of the year, you can do a show with your buddies, with your family, and mm-hmm. talk about Star Wars and have it not just be like, all right, here's our Mount Rushmore, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so that's just awesome. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's phenomenal. And, and really uh, – as much as I've been a diehard Star Wars fan for my whole life, and there's all these characters and these all these movies, I, I got to tell you guys, Mando and, and, and that baby Yoda, they just do something different for me, man. I just, they're, they're, they're keeping me alive. They are keeping me thriving in Star Wars. I mean, I, I just can't get enough of those two characters together, separate, the storyline, I, I just absolutely love it. So that that's really been my my go-to. Yeah, Brent. Now you mentioned the dark times, and I'm gonna ask you because I know your father is deep into the books and was really into the books and the comics. Did you share that passion of the dark side of the books, or are you? Because I know Mr. Shesky over there is basically a virtual library of Star Wars <laughs> knowledge. 
did you dive into the books or did you are you just kind of like me and want to keep it keep it light and keep it visual no brent i was a i was a b minus student at best throughout my life uh during my dad's time of doing those i was riding around in a 2003 chevy impala trying to chase down the latest and greatest south side ladies with my friends um the, the, the books just didn't really uh you know they didn't really do it for me my dad would kind of tell me about them and i'm kind of nodding my head and go on about my next thing um so i'd say that is a dark time for you know jedi joey just in general because you know the force was kind of closed off to me at that time now i would gladly read some books but back then no what's up d-doc what's going on guys Love the Mando uh, crew neck right on cue, man. That's great. Yes. Say, another mother-in-law. Another mother-in-law gift. She uh, hooks it up, man. Yeah. Um, the way you, you said you that made it sound up, like man. it was like another mother-in-law that you have. That got you <laughs> no, that gift. no, I you got mean, some sister wives action going. <laughs> every Christmas, every Christmas, it's automatic. She gets me one Star Wars tee and this one long sleeve T-shirt, and she just knocks it out of the park every time. Every time, every Christmas, I'm just like, what? What is it this year? And she always hits on it. that's beautiful i love it oh and d doc looking like a true podcaster here man with the mic and the, <laughs> and the phones and the shelf in the background man look how far you've come this is well this is unbelievable I, I tried to put up a shelf before the show tonight like an idiot and i <laughs> i put it on the wrong measurement and the shelf <laughs> is not up i did ah. put up this one last night behind me the little tiny one but I tried so, using my 2009 MacBook from when I went to college, and that thing laughed at me. I, I'm always using my wife's work <laughs> laptop, and I tried to be independent tonight, and it just did not work. So are you going to have enough room for all of your Legos to be able to display them? Because there's a couple of pictures that you shared with kind of our group that was your entire desk, that desk, is full of, like, the U-wings and the Y-wing and – like, I have stuff have, all over it right now. <laughs> you a have a ridiculous amount of Lego stuff. Yeah, the U-Wing is actually sitting right next to me, man. I freaking love this thing. This was like oh, one of my cool. favorites when I built this. Because I was so into Rogue One, man. I, and and the Lego sets that came out with that were just sick. Yeah. No, I, dude, it's crazy. I know we have maybe some toy stuff on the on the topic sheet for tonight, but... That just got me thinking already. Like every time that I go to Target or Walmart or anything, I am always so, and I know you guys joke about Lando being only on the pegs and it's so true. Always Lando's poor Lando. It's a great looking figure. It really is. I, I don't get it. Um, but the Lego aisle is just filled with star Wars gold. There's helmets, there's figures, there's ships. I mean, everything you can want. And I'm, each time I'm like, God, should I dive into Legos? And I just, I don't know, D-Dog, I need to get on your level, man. Maybe I need to try it out because the, the pegs are always empty and the Legos are always not. Those helmets look bad. Like the Scout Trooper helmet yeah. and then like the Storm Trooper helmet. That Scout Trooper helmet, though, just looks awesome. I wish, like, there's a part of me that wishes it would be full size because it is just a little bit smaller, but that is just... I love that. Yeah. I think I think we might be losing Joey over here. He's dying on us. Wrong pipe. All good. <laughs> <laughs> well, third so heart attack. Question, third man. heart attack. We we <laughs> <laughs> Everybody needs to watch YouTube just for that right there that we just saw. So there's a question for you, I guess. <laughs> Joey, you make a great point because I've done the same thing now with when we go to Target, 
my wife is shopping and I'm, I'm in full distract mode with my kid. So we go walk, walk the aisles. You're right. There is always plenty of star Wars Lego, but then you walk by, you know, where the, where the six inch characters would be. And it's all, you know, baby Yoda plush toys. And that's it. Like that's the only thing on the shelf. Is it just that it's a Lego thing? Why we don't see the demand? Like, why we don't see those off the shelf is it pricing d doc you would know more about it too because you you're the one like we look at them we're like man that's amazing you actually go buy those what what do you think that is i have no clue honestly i'm trying to understand why uh lego is able to have all this stuff ready yeah. and it's funny because i was thinking the other day i'm like maybe the reason why hasbro doesn't get it out is because of spoilers for the shows or something but the freaking n1 starfighter for lego is is out now like they had that thing ready serious? to go that was probably in development the boba? yeah yeah wow <laughs> so not they, only they that it's got it a pelimoto and a b it's got a bd1 droid a pelimoto it's got the mandalorian and baby yoda in that in that entire kit so then what is going on here because and and this just shows my ignorance to the to the manufacturing toy side of this like i i went to my parents house a couple weeks ago got all my star wars stuff out of storage brought it here opened it up with my kid and i have the original n1 starfighter in yellow nice. right as i'm watching book of boba i'm sitting there thinking about this going man how cool would it be to have you know the same thing except just the mandalorian version of this knowing the chances of ever getting your hands on something like that are pretty stinking low unless i'm willing to you know sell a kidney or <laughs> my next born or something like that I, it, that 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 bothers me I, I think that but i think that's part of the problem though too right is because of the fact that star wars has become a hot commodity there are people that are buying x amount way above price and then scalping them online that is that in and of itself that culture of anything that is collectible has become this mass hysteria cash grab for people to think they could make a buck. My brother does a lot of baseball cards and you can't shop for baseball cards or football cards at Target anymore because they sell out too fast because they have 20 they have 20 to 30 people that are watching the person put them on the peg and they're gone as soon as the person puts them on the peg and they're almost attacking the people on the peg. Wow. So like a Target doesn't even put those baseball and football cards out. So card collectors are experiencing the same type of thing that is being experienced by star wars so i think some of the problem is this desire and this collectability market that has created this uh, this version of like this thing's going to be worth more money and i can sell it for i can pay 20 and sell it for 40 because somebody's going to buy it interesting nick i'm just jealous that you have <laughs> you you have a very good excuse that's a distractor to take you to the toy aisle because <laughs> Uh, here I am still while, you know, the missus is uh, looking at the, the clearance aisle or home goods. I'm just the weirdo creep that's going into the, <laughs> the doll and toy aisle on my own, having to act like I'm, you know, buying for my uh, niece's or nephew's birthday or something. So. <laughs> Didn't we see that guy on the internet? It, it, that, the guy in the toy aisle over there? No, you can say that, but my kid's crying in the cart and I'm reading the back of the Lego thing, you know, trying to figure out what it is. And so don't, 
Don't I, don't cut me out yet. Just, I, just wait. When when they start walking around, my daughter, when we we were like three or four, we would have lightsaber battles in the aisle. We would oh, get okay. them off the shelf and just have lightsaber battles with the toys in the aisle. And we would pick up the mask and put the mask on and kind of play with each other in the aisle. It turn gets du- better. Turn Duel the Fates on on your phone, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the scene. Joey, what, what were you going to say? You were going to say something right before that. Oh, man. Well, shoot, what was I going to say? Come back to me. I, I Okay. I, I forgot it. Yeah. D-Doc, go but, for it. But have you ever seen that other guy that you know is in the aisle shopping <laughs> by himself as well? And you make eye contact with him and you both know, like, yeah, we're both here looking for something. Like, you know, because I have kids too, but, you know, sometimes I'll tell my wife, like, oh, I got to get cat litter on the way home or whatever. And, you know, I'm doing a lap and seeing if there's anything there, even if I know I'm going to disappoint myself. There's the off chance that something could be there. You always got to do the lap. And yes, I, I have come across, um, you know, the fellow guy who is doing the same thing, just trying to get a little release into the galaxy far, far away. <laughs> it's an unspoken thing, like you said. And you don't even really have to make eye contact. You just, you kind of <laughs> let, you if he's there first, you let him get his disappointment out of the way, slide out, and then you go and see that Lando is only there and then just say, Maybe next time. Or now I remember what I was going to say. I don't know if my dad's brought it up on the show or not, but GameStop. GameStops are the place to go when you're looking for Black Series, for Six Inch, Mm. for actual figures that aren't just Lando. Go to your local GameStop, from my experience, and I have been able to, I wouldn't say gold, but I mean, comparatively to what we're seeing at target and and walmart really it pretty much is gold i mean you'll have video game characters you'll have uh, ot characters sequel trilogy mandalorian i mean you you could find a lot of good stuff going to gamestop i just went through the one local one on the south side uh in the mall the one that's in the mall uh because we were i was killing time with my daughter and i just went i was like you're going to the store with me if i gotta go to store with you and I found it was a Kyle Katarn from, or not Kyle Katarn, it was um, Cal Kestis yep. with the BD1 droid that was Ooh. in there, able to buy. And then there was like a snow trooper and then like a different type of snow trooper, like an elite snow trooper that I'd never seen before. But again, I'd never seen it before and it was sitting there to be purchased. Um, it was really cool that it was just different ones. Like you said, it's, it's either Lando or Orlando. Right. Uh, who, who, what's the name of the... Um, the bounty hunter and Phantom Menace, all white with the long ponytail chick, Enoch oh, or Nick. Uh, do you guys remember? She the she's the one that has this that brief scene. Oh, on, um, on, um uh, she's in the Clone Wars. Canyon. Yeah, she's yes. in Beggar Canyon with the rifle, and then she but she also is in Clone Wars with. Uh, she's part of Boba's, I think. Boba's she is. Group. Yes, and she's yes. ruthless. Golly, but anyways, I've antenna seen coming out of the head too. Yeah, I've seen multiple I, characters. I forget her name. Uh, hold on. I'm going to keep going. But I've seen multiple. Um, <laughs> Ara Singh. There it is. Ara Singh. I just got a question. Are you on Wikipedia, though? That's the first thing that came up. There you go. <laughs> I mean, that, that just goes back to what we had, the guy that we had on last week. We had uh, the guy who helped edit for wikipedia you never like it's the podcaster's dream if you don't know what something in star wars go to wikipedia do a little quick search do a quick search before before we leave 
toys and, and merchandising all the way. D-Doc, you, you, you mentioned that the new N1 Starfighter's out. What other new LEGO sets are out right now that we don't know about? They, uh, they just came out with Boba Fett's palace, which Jabba, Jabba's uh, palace, but with Boba Fett in it. Um, and now they're releasing a new helmet series like, uh, like these ones, but, um, they have Mando's helmet. Um, they have Luke's, uh, X-wing helmet, which is pretty cool, but it's a little weird looking with the glasses on it. Kind of like it's got the orange goggles, but it's, it's an empty helmet. And then they have the Death Trooper, or no, not Death Trooper, um, Dark Trooper helmet. Oh, very cool. Looks a little weird. I'm not like critical of Lego, but like I have like some issues with the new sets they're releasing right now. The the Dark Saber is just, I, I know I talked about it on last episode, but it's just like a black peg in a lightsaber uh, <laughs> hilt. It doesn't look good. And then they're still using Job or um, Boba Fett's old helmet that's just not the new coloring on it, which I'm like, come on, you're like a multi-billion dollar business. Just put a new paint job on Boba Fett and don't use the old helmet. You're being lazy with it, basically. But those are my only complaints. I still love you. <laughs> One last thing before we leave uh, toys as well. Uh, since we are talking about toys and collectibles, I think that we have to talk about the ICC con the um, I can't remember what it actually stands for. And I wish I could remember it, but it's the, I know it's a conservator. It's like conservators collectibles con or something like that. Uh, the Imperial conservators collectibles con anyway, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, April 29 through May, May 2, 1st. May 1st. Yeah. So April 29 to May 1st, the yours truly rule the galaxy hosts are going to be there. We got a table. Uh, we're going to do some podcasting, but we also want to make sure that we promote it and talk about it. Um, it'd be, if, if you are a toy collector um, from everything that I've heard from listening to the guy talk on rebel force radio from doing a little quick internet search, this is the place to go. If you want to find toys, like mm. they're, they're going to have like the vintage, inbox millennium falcon from 80 from 77 they'll have everything you can think of I, I was just coming up with one thing but they'll have the rancor in the box i'm guarantee somebody at this place will have it i'm sure they'll probably have original gi joes on their cards as well if you're a gi joe collector i'm sure transformers all of those types of things because it's not just star wars related but it's international toy collectors basically so uh we're going to be there I, I mean we can talk about it a little bit more what like what you excited to be there those types of things but that's, i just wanted yeah. to bring it up that we're going to be there great great uh, great point Brent. yeah that's big time man that's awesome i mean when my dad told me about that i was like wow that's a that's a really cool like big milestone for for the podcast and for you know this group and everything so super cool Love Nashville. Um, yeah, I mean, and there's going to be big guests there, too. Not only Rule the Galaxy, but you're going to have uh, Matt Lanter, Anakin Skywalker from the Clone Wars. Um, you're going to have um, the fellow who plays Obi-Wan Kenobi in Clone Wars and Rebels. James Arnold Taylor. James Arnold yep. Taylor, Jat, that's right. Uh, I couldn't remember off the top of my head. And you're going to have uh, Anthony Daniels, freaking C-3PO. Come on. Um, Ian McDiarmid, the Emperor. The Emperor. I mean... Those are all-time, all-time Star Wars yep. celebrities and guests, man. So, yeah, ICC, uh, CCon, you got to be down there. Now, Brent, will we be playing 
legions while we're down there? I mean, we got a table. It, it's an eight-foot table. Legions played on a six-foot table. I mean, we still got two more, two more feet for merch. I can teach feet. you guys the game. I can teach the guys a game. No, I plan on taking it down just to kind of pass the time. And as we kind of kill some time at the booth, I'll roll some dice, give us something to do while, uh, while we're there. Uh, oh, it's a great call, by. too, about the, about the merch. Yeah, I ordered my Rule of the Galaxy uh, black hoodie uh, last week. So looking very good to, to get in that. I like the, look great. I'm actually uh, – so it's the Etsy shop, all mm-hmm. Rule of the Galaxy, all one word, all caps. So if you go to Etsy and search Rule of the Galaxy, all caps – um, they have a pink variant too, which is pretty cool. There's a pink hoodie and then there's a, the black hoodie is the last I've checked. The hats look pretty awesome too. Little um, breast cancer awareness month, you know, be able to wear that during October for uh, football season. But um, one thing I wanted to talk about, speaking of Ian McDiarmid, is we have the Obi-Wan Kenobi series finally coming up. May 25th, really, really cool. Um, 45 years to the date of the first time that we saw Sir Alec Guinness playing Obi-Wan Kenobi on screen. Uh, Very, very cool callback there on what some say is the real Star Wars day. I think that's fair. I mean, celebrate May the 4th, celebrate May the 25th. You know, more, more Star Wars days, the better, right? Celebrate those. But Ian McDiarmid came out yesterday, today, said kind of had a little bit of hints that maybe the uh maybe the big bad emperor palpatine isn't completely gone from being on our star wars screens we saw him go away in um rise of skywalker but uh i don't know if you guys saw he kind of hinted a little bit that you could see him in the obi-wan kenobi series now why did you have to say it that way joey you had to say it in the way of well, he's not gone off the screen anymore, and I could see Brent's blood pressure raising across the <laughs> across the screen because, dang it, Pal- Papa Palpatine's back, man, back for okay. back for more. Hey man, Luke said it. No one's ever no gone. <laughs> it's timelines, people. It's timelines. It makes sense for him to be back in this. He one hundred percent fits the timeline. He did not fit the timeline to come back in Rise of Skywalker. But Brent, he does fit. <laughs> dark science. Secret telling the Sith new. He's returned. Somehow, somehow Palpatine's returned. <laughs> but the floating like, yellow word said totally. it, so it's true. <laughs> right. Like so. Honestly, like when I heard that, I I, I think somebody shared it in, again in our in our group text to leading up to this. It makes one hundred percent sense that he's going to be in. Now, what kind of role he's going to have, I don't know. But if you're looking at timelines, yeah, Palpatine is strong. Like, we're talking – because I think they just came out with a description that this show is going to show up. I think it's 10 years after um, Order 66, something like that. So that would be – there would still be another five years on the Empire before you get it – really, what is it, two years before you get start getting into Rebels? Right. Um, So it's like just prior to that. Yeah. So So Lucas can – from the first Death Star going away, um, you know, and the, and the rebellion really rising. But he said, quote, I think I have to accept that thanks to my ungrateful, <laughs> it's so funny because you can only read it in, you know, Emperor's, like Senator Palpatine's little snide voice, you know what I mean? 
I think I it, well he says I think I have to accept that thanks to my ungrateful granddaughter Ray Skywalker my annihilation was finally final but of course Vader is back in the new Kenobi television series so I suppose it's not impossible that one day his mentor might be discovered once again skulking in the shadows I was gonna say I don't know what that voice sounds like Joey what what does that voice sound like <laughs> I mean, I haven't really tried it, but you know how they all, like everything kind of is like rhythmic and it kind of, I think I have to accept that thanks to my ungrateful. You're picturing the cloak over him, just like my ungrateful granddaughter. But you know when he's senator, when he's senator and he's like, come closer, I have good news. You know, like that, that's, that's kind of so more what I'm thinking of, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, D-Doc, what do you think, man? He's definitely back. That to me is just like he's in this series. But um, I, I want honestly just talking about this now, my mind just went to like, what if we're getting an episode of him like kind of telling Darth Vader like, you need to go on a mission to hear like, what if we have like a thirty minute screen time run of Vader in an episode where he's like kind of on a mission to find Obi Wan or something? You know, if the, if they can both feel it, that would be wild. I think, you know, to the dismay of some folks, not me, but to some folks who are Star Wars fans, you know, what we saw in Book of Boba Fett, how, you know, um, season or episode five was completely the Mandalorian. Episode six was Mando, Luke, Grogu, Ahsoka, very, very little uh, Boba or Finnick Shand. I, I, I love that. I, I, mean, I think that is totally what they were doing, and that is showing you, hey – you never know in these series what's going to come. We are forming this giant collective galaxy universe story. So I think that's a great point, man. I mean, I, I, that, you know, now, now that you say that, if we see a little bit of Palpatine, whether it be him full on or him coming up in a hologram, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, you see Darth flying through the galaxy trying to go after Obi-Wan, and he's just ripping people to shreds. Who's going to complain about that? Not me. <laughs> Especially, that, Joey, like, I've seen it in a couple different places now where it's like, uh, expect Rogue One Vader just angrier. Like, I think we had that in our thing. Somebody's talked about that here on the podcast at one point. But uh, it, it's been tweeted out like that. Like, somebody within production saying, hey, expect, like, this is the version of Vader you're going to see. And I so hope that that's the case. Rogue One Vader was, was awesome. And if anything, if we could have, you know, like you're saying, a 30-minute jaunt somewhere with a flashback with since Hayden yeah here's the deal you're not bringing Hayden back and not bringing Ian McDermott back right like Ian, Ian McDermott who's already beloved by the fan base Hayden who was like the redheaded stepchild who's now being brought back you know loved on there sorry D-Doc I didn't mean to offend you with the redheaded stepchild. <laughs> it's um, all right I'm used to that saying you get yeah. used to it <laughs> you're you are not the stepchild not but, but bringing bringing them together for some scenes together I think would be would be phenomenal. Brent. No, so it just kind of leads me to the idea that I was having, and this kind of segues into the, uh, a question that came up. So we all have our own headcanon of Obi-Wan, right? Obi-Wan is probably one of the most beloved characters. We all have a headcanon. So you guys have all kind of brought up what you would like to see. So you would like to see possibly an uh, Empire Vader. You'd like uh, tweeted out that Vader might be angrier. What are some other things that you would like to see from the Obi-Wan show? So we're getting into the Obi-Wan show from your headcanon. Again, this is pure speculation. And this is, what I, this is why I have the problem. 
if it goes wrong, that's okay. The creatives have their chance, but what are some things that you would like to see that pop up? I think one I've thought about since I was a little kid and two, I just now thought of um, one being, I, I feel like there just has to be some sort of communication with Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, you know, whether it's not, a, you know, if it's just him communicating where it's, you know, Qui-Gon talking to him, but we don't see Qui-Gon that that'd still be very cool. And I'd be giddy about if we somehow get Liam Neeson to be, or, or I mean, hell we've, sh- we've shown that with, with everything right. with Luke Skywalker and, and, and Deep Frank. yeah, I mean, who knows? It doesn't have to necessarily be Liam Neeson there, but like if we could somehow get a force ghost of Qui-Gon Jinn, I mean, I would just be freaking jumping up and down like a six year old on Christmas morning. And then number two that I just thought of, um, you know, we see that Yoda goes to uh, he goes to Dagobah um, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, right? And he kind of sets up shop there for where we find him in Empire Strikes Back. We see Obi Wan at Dagobah as a Force ghost. Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. What if we get a little Yoda here? What if Obi Wan? is like, hey, I need some advice from Master Yoda. He hops off Tatooine for a little bit, heads on over to Dagobah, and, you know, him and Yoda are, you know, making big poops in his tiny toilet like off Star Wars <laughs> Family Guy. I, 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 I would – I just came to me, but I was like, hey, Obi-Wan knows that he's a Dagobah. Let's get him out there. So, so Brent, I like this question. I have, I have three things. One of them, Joey, is exactly that point. So if you go back and you watch Rebels – season one yeah season one when they find the jedi temple on lothal uh two excuse me maybe is it, it could be it could be one one or two i, I can't, I can't remember which one they find the jedi temple on lothal and while ezra and kanan are in the temple uh ezra meets yoda and like they're talking and it's like a it's it's almost like a force ghost projection yoda's not dead yet so you know he's he's talking to him full-blown as if he's right there with him, which makes me go, you go all the way back to episode three, they're sitting on the blockade runner and Obi-Wan does his like Qui-Gon, like, you know, like surprise kind of face. And he goes, I'll teach you to commune with him, which makes me go, okay, y'all are going separate ways. So y'all are definitely communicating somehow, whether it's through the force, whether it's through something else. We've, We've seen a ton of that now in the High Republic stuff where they're able to commune and, and do that from like great distances. This kind of the, uh, the, the force time, the Ray and Kylo situation. Type. Yeah. Like a, like a, what do we, what do we call that? The dua, the dyad, the dyad. Yeah. That's, the, that's about one. the dyad so, and the force. So that's the first one. I want to see interactions with uh, Obi-Wan, Luke, Baru and uncle Owen. Cause by the time you get to new hope, Huh. Uncle Owen's like he's just some crazy wizard, you know. Yeah. Out in the, you, <laughs> you mean Obi Wan Kenobi? No, I and mean Luke, ben, ben like Kenobi. Luke make like when Luke calls him old Ben, it's like he knows him. Like I, so there is yeah. there is like a knowing statement of like you yeah. know mean you mean old Ben? I, I wonder <laughs> if he means old Ben. So yeah, yeah like I, I'm with you on that. Now, and the last in Rebels, one. that oh, go real quick, Nick, but like we we have the episode after uh, Obi Wan finally defeats mall 
uh, where he rides up and is just on the outskirts and is like, you see the little, you know, five-year-old or whatever it is, Luke kind of running around. So yeah, to your point, maybe they do have some sort of weird kooky neighbor, like get the hell off my lawn type of deal. Well, and in the comics, that's all over the place. So that there is that dynamic of like, uh, uh, Obi-Wan saves Luke a couple times from some different stuff as when he's like real little and Owen's like, every time you come around, bad things happen. So get the hell out and stop, stop coming on our property and doing that last one. And then D doc, I'm curious from you, uh, oddly specific. I've talked about it on the show. If the show does not start this way, I will be fine, but I'll be a little sad. Uh, at the end of revenge of the Sith, I always feel like they tanked the ending of it where they take, uh, Owen and Baru who are not like sentimental characters necessarily. And they bring baby Luke and Owen is standing where Luke will eventually end up standing, looking off into the sunset, which for me is goofy. Cause it's like, here's a guy that is totally fine. Moisture farming. Like he has no desires of going out <laughs> into the future. Like, but we gave it to him. I always said that movie should have ended with the camera turned the other direction. And it's Obi-Wan riding out into the dark. Right. So it's like, that's how the movie ends. And it ends like in that. silence because we're entering into the dark times. I would love to see, and again, it's, it's oddly specific, but this whole you know, flashback PTSD thing we're getting of what Obi-Wan's going to be going through and be like out there, to me, if it starts in some, like, I would love to see that moment, but from his point of view, and now it's like, well, what do we do now? Now I just wait. So I've talked too much. D-Duck. I love that. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, my mind right away, like what you guys brought up, went to the old Ben situation. Like what, um, you know, what could he be like where people think he's some, you know, weird guy who's just in the desert or whatever. But um, what, another thing that I just randomly thought of as you guys were talking is, is he going to have a ship there? Like to be able, like, is he going to go off planet at any point? Was his, was his starfighter, his starfighter wasn't destroyed, right? Uh, technically no, but he escaped Utapau with General Grievous's ship. Yeah. So that would be a cool callback if you saw that, but. I'm wondering if he's going to go off world at any point and what he would be flying. Like that's kind of where my mind randomly has gone as I'm listening to you guys talking, but I mean, just, I, I seriously do like just thinking about the fact that we're going to see this. I do still have to pinch myself that we're going to see freaking Ewan McGregor in this role again. Like I still can't, but be- I'm not going to believe it until I'm sitting my ass on the couch and turning it on and just like, Oh my God. Like yep. that might be the first night I stay up till 3.00 AM, which I think is stupid sure. that you have to wait till 3.00 AM, which I, I want them to change that so badly. Like just release it at like eight o'clock or something. But it's that's another midnight pa- it's midnight pacific time that's why so it's 3 a.m to the west coast you just gotta you gotta fly out to you gotta fly out to california and you can watch it at midnight brent what about you have it easy yeah brent so i am sick of tattooing i'm sorry at this point i am dying for i for him to go off world like, and so as far as my headcanon with Obi-Wan, I don't have necessarily the affinity that a lot of other people have. Um, I, the, the Clone Wars, I feel like a lot of people that have affinity for Obi-Wan really, really, really dig the Clone Wars and it never really, the cartoon, and never really ha- had that hold on me. But I am dying for them to go off world. Uh, 
and I'm sick of Tatooine. And it's just, I'm sick of desert planets, I guess. I want to start seeing other places in the Star Wars universe. I want to see new characters. So I'm excited. Um, they went through the list of characters and people like, uh, I can't think of his name, Camille, and I don't know his last name, but the comedian that was in The Eternals. Um, I'm curious to see what kind of role that, that, that he's going to play. Uh, the guy from Homeland, um, Rupert Dude, Ice Fright. Cube's son. Ice Cube's son. What, like, what role is he going to play? Which would be, it's just cool to see what he's got, like, right? Yeah. Um, and, then, and then Rupert Friend, who was like a hardcore assassin in um, Homeland. I'm, who, what kind of role is he going to play? Is he going to be playing some kind of a hardcore assassin? Is he going to be playing um, the, the, the bad guy, the big baddie in this uh, thing for Obi-Wan? I don't, it's just, I, I'm curious to see what they're going to make, but my biggest thing is my biggest hope is that they get off of Tatooine. I hope that maybe Obi-Wan calls out to him. You, going to Dagobah would be amazing, right? Yeah. Because we're getting into different environments. So we're bringing back, even though it's an environment that's the same as from what we've seen before, we're just getting out of the sand because mm -hmm. a lot of Mando was stuck on Tatooine or not Mando Man, a lot of Boba was stuck on Tatooine and one of my favorite episodes of Boba is the one with the Mandalorian where they were two-thirds of the time up in that ring and they were in that new environment we've never seen anything like that in the Star Wars world um, you've seen it in other sci-fi franchises because we had the conversation with Scott Rifen about three or four different other places where you've seen the ring like Elysium and a couple other Mm -hmm. Marvel comics and what. So I'm just curious to see how they will bring in the 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 new worlds or see if he will get off of Tatooine. Because if he just sits there and protects Luke, I feel like that's going to be a boring series. Yeah, that's for sure. I, you, you mentioned the other characters, though, and I just thought about uh, they got freaking Joel Edgerton returning to play uh, Uncle Owen. I mean, he... He's a, you know, especially since Revenge of the Sith 17 years ago, he's been in a lot of stuff and he is yep. up there as an actor now. So it's like, I don't think Joel Edgerton, Edgerton's signing on to just freaking hold no baby and, you know, look out at the sunset anymore. Like, I feel like we're going to get, I feel like we're going to get some, some hardcore Uncle Owen scenes just because you don't sign on an actor like that. I feel like just for him to, be off in the distance or, or, or have one or two flashbacks. I don't know. That's just me. Um, but then also too, how are they going to incorporate Hayden Christensen out of suit? What kind of flashbacks are those going to look like? Are we going to see Anakin and Obi-Wan in their, you know, uh, Clone Wars fits? You know what I mean? So I guess you and McGregor, and this was just reported maybe a week or two ago, had an interview with Forbes magazine. And I know I'm going to misquote the, uh, this is, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially in the quote, he's like, you uh, and McGregor said, and I'm going to be back in scenes with Hayden Christensen where I play Obi-Wan and he plays Anakin. Mm -hmm. And it was really fun, but that's all I'm going to be able to share with you to the Forbes magazine interview. So he's already alluded to the fact that there may be some flashbacks of Clone Wars, Anakin and Obi-Wan. Which would be really cool, especially you think like, you know, you get Cad Bane and Book of Boba, right? Where you get these Clone Wars scenes or Clone Wars characters now brought back in. That raises another question then to go, okay, are there characters that we saw in the animated series that now because we're bringing Hayden, uh, 
you know, we're bringing Hayden back. What are they going to do? Like, like they could do anything where we bring characters from that animated show into this now, right. which would be, which would be really cool. One thing that we don't have to guess about, which I think is cool. I'd be curious your guys' take. Cause I've seen, I've talked to people that have been pro this and, and while they're not anti it, there's some, man, I wish there was somebody different. John Williams coming out of retirement to do the theme for, excuse me, to do the music for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. How do we feel about this? Are we pumped? Are we on the fence? But where, where are we? Give me as much John Williams and Star Wars music as you can. I mean, the man just turned 90 years old. Uh, let's just face the facts. We don't have much more original John Williams Star Wars scores left in us, unfortunately. And I, I just can't imagine a character as important and a character as big to this saga franchise, everything as Obi-Wan Kenobi and not having John Williams a part of that. Now, with that being said, I am also an, an, in one hand a big fan of Ludwig Gorenson and everything that he has done with Mando, Book of Boba Fett. And I have full trust that in future series, future movies, if, if Ludwig Gorenson is the guy that they want to go to, uh, just from Mando and Book of Boba Fett alone, sign me up. <clears throat> so when you said characters, I thought you were going to talk about John Williams and his music being a character because I believe – it pretty much like it is synonymous with Star Wars. Like you hear his music and it is Star Wars. The second thing I was going to say is I agree with you with Ludwig, but I also, I'm going to go back to my timeline thing. I think Ludwig is post like building into the sequel area. I see Ludwig as, mm. as the timeline of the older timeline past the fall of uh, Death Star two. That's kind of his era. Like, let, let, let him do all the, all the sound and stuff for that era. Sure. But because we're talking about Obi-Wan and the era, this timeline, why not bring it? If he can do it, why not let him compose some stuff for this show? Right. D-Duck, what do you oh. think, man? I just can't wait to hear it. I mean, it's, uh, you know what it is, is it's like, um, it's funny because I have Lord of the Rings on the TV over there. And it's like, I think about the fact of how Howard Shore just, embedded himself in lord of the rings the soundtrack to lord of the rings is him and it just makes the movie that much better and that's how he is with star wars um john williams is with star wars so i mean when i read that i was i'm jacked up to hear it i, I think it's going to be incredible and like joey said i mean we got to enjoy our time that we have these guys around still because i mean you know we're not going to have them around for the rest of our lifetime you never know what could happen but like you know we got to enjoy our time with them. And I think it's going to be awesome. Right. I, I, I agree with all of you. I'm very excited about it. At the same point, I've, I've talked about it on the show before of, um, I felt like Rogue One was such a good movie and they picked a guy that had not done any Star Wars themes before. They picked a guy that had not really directed a ton of, like he directed Godzilla in 2014 and then he directed Rogue One. Uh, the, I, I looked it up because I couldn't remember his name. Michael Giacchino. I'm saying that wrong. So if he's listening to the podcast, I apologize. Your music is fantastic. We've talked about this before about giving new, new directors opportunity to do new stuff moving forward. I'm hoping, Joey, to your point of I really like Ludwig. I, I, I think he's awesome as well, too. Part of me goes, 
if the music is a character as we get into some of these new shows clearly it's kenobi if you can bring back john williams then freaking bring back john williams and everybody shut up and just take it and be excited about it uh if we get into some of these new shows like cassian and we get into or excuse me like andor and we get into uh the ahsoka series i would love to see them not just tap new directors but also tap new composers as well too to say hey how do you take this thing that we like but also give it new breath and life i thought the rogue one soundtrack was just as good if not uh, clearly it exists within the star wars realm and the star wars feel but thought it was really good so that's exciting we're really excited but oh sorry go for it joey no, it just on on that point of sorry, my cats is wanting to get involved there. <laughs> oh boy, um, to the to the point of you know these kind of newer things that we're seeing in these spinoff series, uh, kind of becoming characters on their own. When you talk about music, one thing that really sticks out to me is the post credits, not the post credits, excuse me, the credits with the um, concept art that is going over Ludwig, whatever he has played, are we thinking that's going to be something that we're going to see in Andor and Ahsoka and any of these spinoff series? Is it going to continue that way? Like we've seen with Man- with Boba continuing off of Mando, or is it just because Boba and Mando are having that Mandalorian tie, similar storylines, so they're doing that? I-, I I enjoy those thoroughly, and I know they're just concept art of something we've already seen, but I think it just adds... I don't know what exactly it adds. I, I just enjoy it a lot. So I kind of, I'm, I'm hoping that it sticks through Ahsoka, through all these other series that we're going to see. Well, and they're gorgeous, which is probably yeah. why, probably why we sit there for the 10 minutes or however long it's going. Right. It's just, just a, goo and God. Uh, yeah. Like goo and God. And there's just something powerful about the score and the theme that Gorenson's wrote and, and his performance, you know, it's playing. And then you're just seeing these awesome things. You're like, wow, I want, each and every one of those framed and hung in my basement or my man cave or whatever. Some about it that I just love. That's a new tiny, you know, addition to, to this new era of star Wars that we're in that I, I really hope continues. Yeah. D duck. Yeah. And it's like, it, also it kind of like settles you into like the main points of that episode and you can kind of soak it in. And I also, they changed the Boba Fett theme for the last episode, which I thought was pretty cool yeah. how they had them saying Fett at the end of it and stuff. Like it, it was pretty oh, cool oh, how oh, they ended oh, that. Yeah. They say yeah. Fett. Yeah. That's crazy. So two <laughs> things about that. They've actually, they've actually sold books the concept art is now packaged in a book for Mandalorian season one and Mandalorian season two. And I believe they just released that book. So if you're really careful, you can cut down the spine and turn that into a uh, <laughs> picture you can hang on your wall. I so got if you really Christmas, it's pretty freaking cool. The which one, the Mandalorian one or two Mando one is pretty wild. Cause they have like the original, I don't know, eight to 10 concepts of baby Yoda. And yeah, thank God they went with what they went with. I'm sure you would have said that, <laughs> whichever one they did, but it's just so weird looking at, oh, wow, that, that would have been interesting. Yeah, they had, they had some of those in the gallery too, I believe, in the, the episodes of the gallery for yeah. season one. Yeah. Um, so that was the one thing. And then I was going to go back to, you guys were talking about the Boba Fett scene. That one, um, um, that, that one had to grow on me. I'm not going to lie. There was something about it when I first heard it. I was like, huh? It wasn't really until about episode five, six that I'm like, okay, I kind of actually dig that like chant. 
but it, there was something about the chant that was odd. I'm with you. The first two episodes, I was kind of like, ah, man, it kind of misses the mark, I guess, compared to Mando, you know, but I think it's just because Mando was so distinct and, and it was, you know, so new, right? It was like, we hadn't heard, it hadn't been a part of anything like this before. So it's always, it's like your first love, man, you know, it's going to stick with you. But then Mando, to your point, Brent, same way, grew on me. And then something about that, it was just powerful, you know, every time that it just hits with the, oh, dude, let's go. <laughs> Love it. And I, and I think it took until Boba started to becoming more powerful for it to actually take and carry that weight. I don't know if there was a symbolism that was supposed to be there, but I think right around episode three or four is when it started to be like, okay, this makes more sense now. Right when he started becoming more of that powerful leader at that time. But up until then, it was just like, huh? That's odd. You're right. That's the one. Now now it's all coming together for me. The episode where it ends, where the Tusken Raiders finally bring him into their clan and he becomes one of them and they're doing that, kind of pocket <laughs> tribal dance around the thing and then it goes into that i'm getting chills just talking about it yeah. man yeah. you're right it all came together for that that's it they, they slap you in the face with the theme at the end of that freaking chant part you're just like let's freaking go i wanted to grab the, like a freaking broom and start going around my room <laughs> well and i'll go to the one before that when he comes back from beating up and strangling i think it's the first episode when he comes back from strangling that like multiple multiple beasts the the gorgon oh, type whatever the Pokemon character and he comes back. And I think right when he gets handed the water, the melon, they hit it with the hole right there at that time too. Like that was a pretty, like, if I can remember correctly, I feel like they timed that chant right to when he gets handed that melon to like kind of signify that he's become part of their crew. Like and it may just be me. You're totally right on that. Brent. It may just be me like making this up in my mind because I think it's so much cooler but the part of that theme where it's like building up and it's like dum 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 like i feel like that is always in the post or in the credit scene that's the concept art that is like the most badass like they time it up with like either the cad bane standing there or like chris Santon like roaring and it just oh god it's so good man i just yeah, i love it it's awesome <clears throat> Well, so, okay, we've talked a lot about different Disney Plus shows, what we like about the the themes. One of the questions that Joe posed in our text that, that I think is a good question because I'm just curious if we'll move back to this, but he posed the question, does Star Wars need movies or is it just better on Disney Plus? Are we in a place where we should add more movies to the collection or continue the Disney Plus shows? I, yes, um, it does. Star Wars, Star Wars itself is a, a, a franchise, a two words, a title that changed movies. That is a, a, a historic movie franchise that, I mean, you know, how many different things would we not have if Star Wars wasn't the monumental massive success that it was? Uh, you know, from the original trilogies, the, the, the impact that it had on culture, the zeitgeist. So all those things to me, absolutely. And selfishly, just as a diehard fan who just the energy and excitement that you get going into a theater, sitting down, knowing of the, all the buildup that you're finally going to get to watch a Star Wars movie on the big screen. 
hundred percent it does. Now, does the approach and does the, the marketing the strategy, all that stuff, you know, do we need to continue the Disney plus series for, you know, a while. And then all of a sudden you have the, maybe the, the collective Mando book of Boba Ahsoka, uh, well, I'm trying to think of whatever else all come together and be a theatrical release of, you know, a la the way the Marvel films are going to where it's just this big, bad build up to something. Maybe, but I just would hate to think of a future where Star Wars is never on the big screen again. Dedeck, what do you think? I saw you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I a hundred percent agree with uh, Joey. Cause like, I mean, I, I've, I've said it that I'm like these shows, I, I wish game of Thrones would have finished in theaters. I, I don't care if they even took the last two episodes and put them into a movie. It's like the, the amount of hype and people who have been dedicated to these shows for a while. And like, you know, the, the hype in the theater would be amazing. I mean, I haven't experienced it with my kids like during COVID cause you know, COVID was a great time to actually coach my kids on how to go to a movie because they were little when I was taking them, but we went and saw like Trolls 2 and like Frozen 2 and stuff like that. And I've noticed it's like, you know, we've rented new movies that come out on straight to streaming, but there, there there's something special about the movie that you see in theater because you go, you're, you're going and doing something where you're experiencing it in, in that setting. And, and, and especially like Joey said, Star Wars in the movie theater, sitting there in your seat, seeing the scroll. I mean, th- th- there's just something special about it. I mean, I, I remember walking out of the theater for Rogue One, you know, just hearing everybody talk right when, right when the movie's over. And hearing everybody talk about that Darth Vader scene and thinking like, I need to see that again. There's just something special about the movies and I hope they have plans in the near future for something. Yeah. Brent. So I've said this to other people. um, I believe, let's say it's a C movie. If you're watching a movie that you would grade as a C, if you go to the theater, it's going to be a B plus. If you watch it at home, it may be a D. And that's just because of the audience that you're in. Because you're in that audience, there's something about going to that movie. You're going to have a better, I feel like, even if it's a bad movie, I feel like you're going to come away with that from that movie um, feeling that it's a little bit better than what it was because of the experience that you had. At least that's kind of the way that I look at it. Like if you, I mean, it's, if it's graded as a C, you're going to get a little bit of a bump because you're in the theater, you're around people that like it. It's the experience of going, just like everybody said. So I feel like when you go, it's easier to bump it up. And the reason why it's a D is because I get distracted at home and I'm playing on my phone and I don't pay quite as much of attention. Like I'm listening to it, but I'm not watching every minute of it. I can fall asleep. The dog's barking. My daughter's yelling at me. My kid needs to be fed. Like there's, there, there are hundreds of things that can be distractible when you're watching it at home and you're also usually watching it in a smaller setting with smaller people and you're more, in, you're more likely to not have the, the energy is not going to be there. It's not going to be the same. So go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, before you hop in, Nick, I'm just, I was thinking about it like, you know, in, in your life, you know, in my life specifically, I'd say, you know, I, uh, like, the day I got married, um, you know, the day I got my dog, the day the cub, the night, the moment the Cubs won the World Series, uh, <laughs> you know, th- these are moments that, like, no matter 
how old I am, no matter what, like I can, I can physically put myself back into that spot. I can physically put myself in the exact moment, the exact feel, the exact state of mind of when uh, Ray force rips the lightsaber away from Kylo Ren and, and the force awakens when Kylo and her team up in the last Jedi, when uh, the first seismic char- a bomb goes off and attack of the clones and Django drops it. I, I mean, I remember these things like I was just there and I think you guys probably do the same. And to your point, Brent, that doesn't happen when you're sitting on your couch. That happens when you're at the theater, when <laughs> you are just experiencing this massive, huge culturally for you at least important thing and so i mean nick go ahead but to that point these are moments that no matter how old no matter where you are in life no matter what happens in your life that's how much they mean to you being in the theater watching that happen right brent i thought you made a good point of when i'm in my living room i i feel like i'm less inclined to make it through stuff all the way because i in the theater i can't press pause right if you ask me, I think overall, uh, you know, should we do movies? Should we do a Disney Plus show? As a fan, I say yes, right, to both of them. <laughs> I, I think what I'd be curious in is just timing, right, where we did, we just came off a trilogy not too long ago. It had mixed reviews. I would not be shocked if we saw this Disney Plus uh, run with these shows that we're talking about and that we're putting into development and the movies get pressed for a while into the future to develop those out get those right, figure out what we're going to do. In the end of the day, Star Wars is now owned by the, you know, mega Lord Disney. And so if there is money in the proverbial teat, it will be squeezed out at some point in, which is a gross image. Just imagine Luke Skywalker with the green milk, right? That's, that is Disney with, with the Star Wars franchise. So will we see more movies? Yes. I just don't think it'll be for quite a while. And we're yeah, all I, I, <laughs> we're all Ray with that just kind of oh. disgusted look <laughs> on our face. And they're just looking at us. Dan, <laughs> watch me drink this money and you're gonna freaking take it. That you gave me. Watch me drink this money that you gave me. Yeah. And you're gonna like it. <laughs> so here's a, here's kind of a it's a dichotomy. So I say that about the movies. But I also think that they need to be careful because I believe from watching and listening to people talk, if you go with something that involves the legacy characters, the scrutiny level is going to be really high, right? When you go in with a brand new character that's with a brand new story, but you're giving me some fan service or you're giving me things that ground me in the Star Wars world, it gets received a little bit better. And I'm saying that comparing Mandalorian to the sequel trilogies, right? Because of the headcanon of people had of the sequels and of the legacy characters, the sequel trilogies did not get received really well by a lot of those people with, uh, with all of that extensive EU knowledge built up. But all of those same people with the extensive EU knowledge that have that buildup received Mandalorian really stinking well because it was something completely brand new but they were grounded and they were given nuggets of oh there's an r2 unit oh there's r there's r5 d4 or whatever the one that blew up that uh owen was trying to buy or like so they were given nuggets that are like oh 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 but they were given a brand new story so if they do do something 
in the future, which I would love for them to do movies because like I was saying, it's a, it makes it a little bit better. I feel like they need to go completely away from the legacy characters, which I think they tried to do, but I mean completely away from the legacy characters and try something brand new. But that's also me and I could bomb on my head because I'm the one that gets, that sits here and says, I want new, I want new, I want new. And I don't know how many Star Wars fans would go if there isn't that hope of seeing a legacy character. Because that's the other part. Like a lot of Star Wars fans want to see that legacy character and see those legacy characters. So, And Brent, you make a good point because part of my struggle with this High Republic book series that we're doing right now is it's so much new that like Joe has made the point of like you almost need like a, a separate handout next to the book to go, wait a minute, who is this? And what is this? And yes, they all have lightsabers, but there's so much new that it's hard to digest. So it's, I think you make a great point about the Mandalorian was grounded in something that I could accept already. Like I didn't have to relearn, you know, all this crazy stuff, figure out when's the timeline, where's it at. And yet they were able to sprinkle in things that paid off like, Oh my gosh, like, that's the pod racer engine from, you know, little things that like, if you don't have that knowledge, it doesn't matter. High Republic is like, here's the deep end. There is no shallow end. Just go. Like you're only going to read this if you're a really big Star Wars fan. So I'm, I'm with you. Anything else on this? Well, I mean, I, I just like, like I said earlier about, about Mando and about baby Yoda. I mean, and you were talking about the, the cash cow of, you know, the last Jedi green milk tit. But I, I, I think, I mean, that, that's it. I mean, that, like, if I would be surprised if there's not a Mando Baby Yoda silver screen appearance. Hmm. And I mean, movies take a while, especially with freaking Disney and Star Wars. Uh, but I mean, within five years, I mean, it's like, I don't see why not just because to me those two characters baby Yoda especially baby Yoda definitely is the most important character to Star Wars the franchise as a whole since Luke Skywalker I mean like it, honestly in terms of cultural cultural relevance importance throwing Star Wars back in the zeitgeist uniting these wild new fans these crazy old fans everybody like he is that important and so i'm just like I, I don't know why they wouldn't try to get us to go to a theater to see mando and baby yoda and then one starfighter so that's just where i stand on those two I'm, I'm with you on that too because the number of people that recognize baby yoda now like it, baby yoda's house is household like if you do a q rating i'm sure his q ratings off the chart like the number of people who would not be listening to a podcast about Star Wars, but could look at a picture and say, that's maybe Yoda or even Grogu. They probably even know the name is Grogu at this point too, right? Not even just saying baby Yoda. Like that, that has held the popular view. There, uh, a friend of mine has his daughter who has two, like she wore out her pair of Adidas baby Yoda shoes. So for the next birthday, she got a second pair of the baby Yoda shoe, the Adidas baby Yoda shoes. Like, so you're pulling in the amount of money that movie would make if you would put Grogu and uh, Mandalorian on that, that thing would blow out Titanic and all of the other movies. I don't know, what is it? <laughs> 
Endgame. What are like what are the top grossing movies right Avatar? now? I think of uh, Avatar, Endgame. Like I think that movie would blow it out because of the amount of people that are saying, you know what? I know that. Let's see what that's all about. Like hmm. I've heard of that. I've seen the picture on the shirt. I've seen you wear the shirt. Let's go watch it. And it would just destroy in the box office. Yeah, yeah I mean, my, my, my sorry guys, my, my son, he's he just turned five years old and he has a Baby Yoda backpack because he wanted it, but he's never watched any of it. And it's just from him seeing it. Like, because I haven't even really fully introduced him to Star Wars yet. Like he knows just because I have stuff, like he knows what Star Wars is, but he has a Mandalorian or a, a baby Yoda backpack with a little Mandalorian Lego keychain on it. And all he knows is what they look like. He doesn't know anything about them. That's awesome. You know, people I, are attracted to it. Have you heard of that Japanese term? I think I want to say it's not kimchi, but it's kind of like kimchi. It's all about like Hello Kitty. There, It's all about acuteness factor and building things into acuteness factor. And it has like big eyes, the bigger the eyes on the objects there is like this cuteness factor. So it's in Japanese culture and Japanese artwork, pop culture. There is something about Yoda that has, that has pulled in that cuteness factor. They have done that perfect amount. And I, I wish I knew the actual name of that. Um, if anybody who's listening knows it, go ahead and send us a uh, message at rule of galaxy SW at Gmail. <laughs> but there is, there, there is a, there is a term that is used in like manga and, it's, it's kind kimchi of like kimchi is spicy cabbage. I know that's what kimchi is. I said it's okay. like kimchi. It sounds like it. That's why I said I know it's not kimchi, but it's something like we're just, that. We're just being accurate here. Yeah, right. So, but there is a there is a term that it, that refers to like so like if you picture picture Hello Kitty, there's something about the cuteness of Hello Kitty that people just gravitate towards. There's something about the cuteness of Baby Yoda that people just gravitate towards. <laughs> And a lot of it has to do with like the proportions of the eyes and stuff like that. It'll keep D doc in shirts because his mother-in-law keep buying them for him and, and getting him there. Guys, we we've gone for just about an hour now. I know we're, we're getting close to wrapping up, but I would just be curious around the horn, any final closing thoughts, something that we didn't hit tonight that you go, man, I wish we had, we had covered this. Yeah, I got one. Um, I, <laughs> And talking about Baby Yoda and Mandalorian, how popular they are, um, I think they need to be in their own in one Starfighter bubble, uh, you know, away from whatever Disney's trying to do with the Galactic Star Cruiser and getting people to, for whatever reason, decide to buy the massively expensive tickets, uh, price of admission to go to that because, you know, they came out with a new storyline this week that um, apparently Kylo and Rey met up on the Galactic Star Cruiser in between Last Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker. And uh, that's uh, also apparently where uh, Han Solo and Leia Organa went and uh, partied and probably conceived Ben Solo after the Battle of Endor. Um, So this really, really just like low-hanging fruit BS way of trying to entice people to go to their shitty tourist attraction uh, by forcing force, you know, just absolutely forcing down our throats that our favorite characters met up there or did something there in star Wars. Canon is an absolute joke and really gets me fired up, obviously, as you can tell. Um, so I just, am not a fan of how that is going. I have no desire to go to the galactic star cruiser at all. Um, and 
they better not try to force feed Mando and Baby Yoda going there, doing something, whatever it is, uh, because that would just be a, tra- a travesty. Just a good general rule of thumb. If you're trying to get me to come to your hotel and the marketing is someone was conceived in this hotel room, um, <laughs> there's a pretty high chance I will not be. I don't care who it is. <laughs> there's a pretty there's a pretty high chance, Joey. I think that's I think that's yeah. Wise. So that that that's my final you know take thought of the night. Besides, this was a blast. Always love being on with you guys and uh, love Rule Rule of Galaxy. Yeah, right. I, I do have a quick question for you, Joey. Um, because you are a strong Raylo supporter, correct? I mean, you were a Rylo. Uh, I wouldn't say Raylo as much as just Kylo and Ben Solo. And that's okay. not even as much for the character. It's just the fact that he was from Indiana and went to the same college. And I like Adam Driver. But anyways. So prior to finding out about this, that they came out with this other promotional video, prior to finding out that Ben had anything to do with the Galactic Star Cruiser, were you already staying away from it? Or did, because it seemed like that was part of the reason why you wanted to stay away from it. Would you have stayed away from it before that? Or were you interested in it at all before you saw any of the promotional stuff that they put out? Uh, no, from what I saw even before that was not interested. And then the fact that, again, they're trying to jam that down our throat just makes me want to rebel in true Star Wars fashion against it even more. So no evil empire of Disney. I will not go be a part of your bullshit. Sorry. Well, the, the star cruiser is done. They've built it already. That's why to me, them trying to tie these stories into it shows that they're looking at it and thinking like, this doesn't really feel like Star Wars. We need to try to find some nonsense way to tie this into it because it doesn't look li- like the videos you've seen inside of it. It really doesn't look that like much like Star Wars. And I know they're making their world according to the sequel trilogy, but it doesn't even look like that. It just like, it looks like some random ship that you decided to throw into Star Wars. Like if you're going to build a Star Wars hotel, just make it look like a ship that was like, I don't know, a, a Star Wars ship. Add whatever storylines that you already have into it. People yeah. will go. It doesn't have to just be the the First Order and the sequels or whatever. Just make it an overall Star Wars hotel and you'll be fine. But I don't know. I, I agree with Joey. It's, they're, they're, they're trying to plug holes in a sinking ship right now, in my opinion. Brent. So the second video or the, the most recent video that came out, they showed a couple other clips that they hadn't shown before of the of the surroundings of the Star Cruiser. And it felt a lot more Star Wars-y than it did with the the kid from um, uh, the Goldbergs. That's why I'm but, not going right there, because of that kid and how... <laughs> So don't, don't I didn't watch the new video. I can't talk about. It. I can't talk about it. the second the 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 second video that they just dropped, where you hear that the Kylo and uh, Ray meet up and that that story that uh, Joey was talking about, that came from another promotional video that they just put out recently this week. And there were some other shots aside from that storyline, right? And aside from the other storylines, there were some other shots that made it look a lot more Star Warsy. But it's still it's still way too pricey for it to be worth worth any of my time or money, right? And well, if uh, you're listening to our podcast right now, D go for it. Sorry, I was I was gonna say my my final thought is is I am going to Disney in less than a month, so I'm gonna do some spying for us. I'm gonna I'm gonna go over there. I'm gonna try to get 
some video pictures, whatever. And I'm going to go to Galaxy's Edge for the first time. So, I mean, I, I wish I got there earlier because I've read a lot of opinions of, you know, what, what it is and everything at this point. You know, I'm excited to, to see it. My expectations are kind of just in the middle, you know, I'm not expecting everything. I don't even think I can get on any of the rides, even though this was planned like three months in advance. But have you got, did you get in to get the sabers or the, uh, I can't get into the cantina. Even when we planned it, it's, you can't get in. So uh, I'm like, I'm not going to get mad about it. I'm going to go, I'm going to look at the scenery, enjoy whatever. It is still um, cool to do that. And it's still, it's cool to be a part of it and, and see the different ships hanging around and see the, you know, if you can try to do whatever you can to get on uh, I, the Millennium Falcon, I can't remember what it is. The the name of that ride. That's a good one. That was Smuggler's worth, Run. Smuggler's Run. That was worth the price of admission, and then some. I will give them credit on that. The I've heard nothing but great things about the Rise of Resistance ride. I know it's probably impossible to get on, so it's not totally all bad. But this Galactic Star Cruiser thing with the making part <laughs> of it canon and filling in the holes, D Doc, like you said, the plugging of the holes, I can't get on board with. It's horrible planning. It's a disgrace to Star Wars fans everywhere. Yep. And if you're listening, we would love to hear from you on this particular subject matter. Does this make you irate? like our own Joey Molinero, are your expectations middle of the road like D-Duck? We would love to hear from you on Twitter, um, at RuleTheGalaxySW, email us at RuleTheGalaxy at, or yeah, RuleTheGalaxy at gmail.com. Joe is gonna get on this later and be like, what the hell happened when I was gone? We didn't mention this one time until the very, very end. Uh, Next week, Joe will be back, but as always, Thank you so much for joining us, being with us. Joey, so great being on with you, man, and getting to see your face. And uh, just excited to have you with us. And until next time, may the force be with you.